Beste ervaring. You are listening to That Digital Show, a business podcast presented by Google Cloud that help organizations innovate and grow value in a digital world. Episode 53, Reinventing the Fan Experience with Major League Baseball. In this episode, we go behind the scenes with Major League Baseball to learn how data is leveraged to create deeper insights to improve the game and help make baseball consumable by fans in exciting new ways. Welcome to this episode of the Transformation Debrief. I'm Chris Hood, a digital strategist at Google Cloud and your host. In each episode, we aim to stir visionary thinking, share unexpected insights on transformation initiatives, and lessons learned along the way. Major League Baseball started back in 1876, and over the course of the last 146 years, has seen a multitude of equipment and technology advancements from the weight and size of a baseball to artificial intelligence and the storage of over a century of stats and video clips, Major League Baseball has seen a multitude of forms of transformation, all to generate new experiences for baseball fans. Today, my co-host for this episode, Anil Jain, Global Managing Director for Media and Entertainment Industry Solutions at Google Cloud, joins me along with our guest, Truman Boys. Senior Vice President of Infrastructure at Major League Baseball. Let's get to know our guest a little better. Anil, would you mind sharing a little bit about your role here at Google? Hi, my name is Anil Jain. Good to be here. I lead the Media and Entertainment Industry Solutions team at Google Cloud. What that means is my team and I bring together the entire Google ecosystem to define the strategy and how we engage and deliver new products and new solutions to support the transformation initiatives of all our media customers around the world. Truman, welcome. Would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Truman Boyce. I'm the SVP of Technology Infrastructure at Major League Baseball. I'm responsible for transforming how we use technology at venues, our business, and supporting the 30 clubs and our operations. My focus is around cloud, networking, security, the venue technologies like tracking of baseball and replay operations. I've spent 20 years in network engineering and in infrastructure leadership positions. Welcome, both of you. One of the things we like to do is start all of our shows off with the same question. And here it is. Anil, you can start. What was the most transformative role or decision in your career to date and why? That's a great question. I think if we're saying the entire career, we've been working for quite some time. So I actually think it goes all the way back to a decision I made early on in my first kind of major job. To put in context, my academic training was very heavily focused on material science and engineering, far cry from you know, enterprise software and media and entertainment technology. But I made a decision when I was working at a large semiconductor company to kind of lean into the application, business applications of technology. And that led me on a journey to launch one of this company's first startup initiatives. And then I spent the first half of my career in a variety of different roles from engineering to product to marketing, strategy, sales and business development at a number of different software startups, eventually getting the opportunity to run my own business and then sell a company to a larger SaaS provider. And for the last 12 years or so, my focus has really been on bringing innovative technology to uh, media customers in the broader media and entertainment landscape. 
And so I think that decision to get out of kind of that focused engineering, R&D and manufacturing kind of background into a broader array of roles and which allowed me to learn a lot of different skills and play a lot of different positions on the field, if you will, has kind of led me to where I'm at. And I think it's been really transformative to the journey I've been on. Truman, how about yourself? I think I was 23 years old. I thought I knew everything that there was to know. And I was given an opportunity to move overseas. Uh, Initially, it looked like a one-year trip to go to New Zealand, start working with the telecoms down there. It turned into 10 years of traveling all around Asia Pacific, and it pushed me out of my comfort zone. Every part of it was challenging. I had to learn around, you know, just the etiquette of doing business in different countries, having very little support framework around me, and being challenged on every level, being given new opportunities, working with different people, working with just new technologies and different types of problems and scale issues around deployments all around Asia, around building networks and you know, I think being out of my comfort zone really pushed me to, to try new things and to to learn very quickly. And I've seen this applied in different aspects of my life, even post that transformation in shifting a previous role. I was in market data delivery and then shifted into media and entertainment and knew very little about media and entertainment and had to quickly learn. So I think just being uncomfortable is a good thing. And it was a a great opportunity for me. I would definitely do it again. You have a lot of quotes on your Twitter, which I absolutely love. And I think this is a great place for us to start today's conversation. And you said this, cloud is not a place. Cloud is a way of thinking. What did you mean by that? So I look at the way at which we build applications today, the way we think about storing media, the way that we interact with technology, it's changed dramatically in the last 10 to 15 years as cloud has become omnipresent. And, you know, it applies to the way we integrate complex services that used to be used to take so much time and effort uh, to spin them up. You had to understand infrastructure. You had to have a database administrator. You had to have people that were subject matter experts in each one of these domains. And now anyone with a great idea and, you know, part of some Y Combinator or some, you know, cool startup, they're able to build these applications that get mass appeal because of the cloud, because the cloud makes it possible in that It's everywhere, it's cost effective, and it just allows people to work with this data in a much quicker way. I think it's also allowed us to democratize data and that because there's so much transparency around public data, government data, financial data, that we're able to really tap into building new things and showing the world that there's hidden gems all around in this data. So I think at a high level, I just say that it's capabilities, it's a tool, and that tool is for everyone. You know, Truman, I actually really love that quote as well. I think that you and I have spent quite a bit of time and our teams have spent quite a bit of time over the last several years working together. When you were speaking just now, one of the things that came to mind is the reason that years ago I moved into software is because I really found that the speed of innovation is so much faster in software than almost any other industry, just because you can take ideas and opportunities and actually build very quickly applications and solutions. And with cloud, that has only been accelerated, right? Because now you have global public infrastructure, you know, everything is kind of API driven and a developer and a product owner can decide we need to solve this particular problem And they can very quickly architect that solution without having to build all of the component 
layers of that stack. And I think that notion of time to value and speed of innovation is actually really, really inherent in cloud. Yeah, and one thing I would just build upon it as well, what's so amazing about it is that the small company and the large company have the same tools. It's totally changed. It's never been that way. And now, you know, if you're a small company with two employees or you're a company with 100,000, you have the same tools. You can build effectively the same products. You know, what's interesting also, and I'll add on top of that, is you're talking about the development and speed to innovation within an organization. But what we're also seeing is that the fan base has access directly to the same tools and data to be able to create their own experiences to consume the content in the way they want to consume it. And Major League Baseball is directly targeting that in some ways. We are engaging with a broader view of baseball fans that are not just the typical go to a game or watch a three-hour game in your living room. They're looking for highlights. They're looking for custom reels and content that is personalized to them. And we make it available. It's not just what we produce inside of our editing facilities, but we just open it up. What do you want to see? Do you want to see, you know, the top home runs of Aaron Judd and then have this sort of curated from each individual end up and they can build this content and then they can share it. That's an area where we'd really love to see this continue to grow. We have over three million assets on Film Room, which is hosted on GCP right now. And most of these edits have been entirely automated in that you're taking time code data, which has metadata associated with what's actually happened within the play. And those clips are automatically generated and then they're uploaded and available for anyone to view. Film Room is a great example of both what Chris was talking about in terms of enabling consumer audiences to kind of self-serve and personalize the experience to in an interactive way. But I think the other underlying point that is true across you know, certainly true for Major League Baseball, but true across all of media and entertainment today is that ultimately consumers have significantly more power, right, in terms of their ability to quickly determine and easily move their attention from one type of content to another, from one platform to another, which puts a lot of, uh, of the onus on sports leagues and media organizations to actually super serve those consumers in order to engage and retain them. At the heart of doing that, I mean, I think it's something Truman, you spoke to earlier, which is data. How are you doing that at MLB right now? What are the, the chief concerns and challenges you're facing in this regard, and how are you addressing them? In terms of data, I think the main challenge is that it's just never-ending. So if you kind of start there, the content is always happening. You know, there's 162 games a year, plus all of the other ancillary content which is produced. And you want to have this data and this content that's relevant, it's contextually relevant to the fans. So if you kind of take it just at the you know, first starting point is you want to make sure that that content is searchable and that we understand, is it something that somebody even wants to watch and to make it easily available to the fans. You know, it needs to be presented to them that it's easy to find. And over time, you get to know your fans. You get to know them in these are the types of plays that they like. They really want to see double plays. They want to see home runs. They want to see a particular team or they're following. They may even be a Yankees fan that follows a player in the Dodgers. So as you learn more and more about the fan, you're able to curate content, which is targeted to them directly. And so it's a personalized experience. On the first point of just data being never ending, you know, we're looking in our media archives of nearly 60 petabytes of content. 
And these are historical archives that go back into the 1940s, 1950s. Beautiful games that largely are left in dusty archive rooms. And we have the opportunity to take this and to make it available to fans in new ways. Not just, you know, old 16 millimeter film, film, which has been digitized and now available to look at for a video on demand, but actually highlight reels that are generated with contained metadata so you can search across it and have this content newly presented to the fans of today. And I think even to kind of build upon that, there's even more that you can derive from that content as you learn more about what was happening in that video. So I think there's a there's some new opportunity that just never existed before, and, and we're going to find ways to unlock it. You talked about personalization, and we're talking right now about film clips, but really this is going beyond just the game and the film clips themselves. We're seeing that personalization from the moment they buy a ticket and get to the stadium and sit in a seat and order food and what they're doing during the game and what they do after the game. All of this is part of your data strategy, correct? It is. It's just trying to transform what it is to experience the game physically and even virtually uh, from one of our streaming services. So as you learn more about the fan, you're able to curate what the target either advertising or the way to engage with them. And I think we care more about the engagement than pushing emails. It's really more about what their viewing habits are, what they care about. And also they want to have a wonderful experience when they go to the ballpark. So how do you make that happen? You get them into the ballpark quicker. You find ways to have a seamless experience where it's a frictionless access. They're able to get in, they get to the seats that they like. You've potentially already engaged with them and shown them what the seats are that are available within the price range that they're looking for. Maybe it's closest to a certain location, like a concession stands or something that they like to be around. They just love the view from one particular spot. And you learn more about them and that's what you give them every time that they engage with you for your venue. That's what we're building and that's what we're really looking to take this to the next level. The experience is, it's something that you pass down to your children. You know, this is something that when you go and you, as a family, it's memorable. And so we want each one of those memories to really just be a great experience across the board. If I can just take that and kind of pull that thread forward, I mean, certainly there's the experience, there's the personalization, but even looking at it from a business context, you know, one area that media companies are really focused on, whether they're providing a subscription, you know, direct to consumer service, or they're delivering their content in multiple different forms, or they're syndicating, is they're looking at how to increase monetization, right? Now, with MLB, we certainly have ticket sales for in-venue experiences. We have rights that you license. We have direct to consumer what are some of the things you guys are thinking about in terms of increasing the monetization from those fans as part of how you get them to engage more deeply, but also how you look at increasing revenue? Yeah, I know. Great question. Uh, the main focus for us is really around having a true understanding of the fan. What do the fans want? And over time, we end up learning viewing habits, what games they go to. Do they buy a set of tickets? Do they travel with other people? Are they going to games by themselves? And to kind of build upon that, that entire journey of the fan is also around exposing what some of the merchandising opportunities are. So that's around collectibles. It's around autographed bats. It's around potentially, as we look at collectibles in the digital scene as well, uh, having NFTs that would find a way to really connect back with what that experience was. And so you have something that you can hold on to forever that relates back to that great experience at the game. The fans themselves have transformed. What have you seen in terms of 
just their expectations and how those have shifted over the last couple of years? I'll call out two things that have shifted pretty recently. The experience at the park has changed. Parks are being built in a different way. So it used to be there's a bunch of seats, you get into your bleacher seats and you watch the game. Now there's more things to do at the parks. It's more of like a, it's an experience. And so you go, you watch a game, hopefully you catch most of the innings, but you're also going around, you're having a dining experience. You're eating, you're meeting up with friends. There's lots of open areas where people can congregate and talk socially. So that's changed. And then I think the second part is really around what it is like to have a digital experience at a venue, which is this sort of hybrid world. I want to see content. I want to take a look at the last play. I have my phone, but I'm also in the venue. And so how do you make that like a low latency experience so that you're not looking at two to three minutes after a play and it's just no longer contextually relevant? So that's an area that we're focusing on at the venue, but kind of tying it back in with the digital experience. Truman, another quote that you had on Twitter just yesterday actually was, we are only seeing the beginning of cloud computing. I would tend to agree with you on this, but I'm curious from your perspective, especially in the text of transformation, how is cloud at the beginning and how is it helping us transform as we look towards the future? I think it's a great question. I'm looking at it historically. I have seen trends in technology where initially it looks like they're developed and that they're maturing, but there's so much more that's about to be unlocked. And when I see where cloud is today, there's still so many choices. And so I think we're gonna see some consolidation across technologies. We're also gonna see maturing of technologies and we're gonna see that the capabilities are going to 10X from where they are today. And examples of this where we've seen it play out in cloud have been around machine vision, machine learning, AI, that have really transformed just even how we watch content today. It's so easy to turn on closed captions on video and we take it for granted. There's a lot of process that happens behind the scenes to understand a synthetic voice and, and all the characteristics of being able to detect what's happening. But it's just, it's accessible to us now. And I think with cloud, size and scale and capabilities and reach and footprint of cloud. Every time we look in the news, there's more and more nodes that are spinning up new regions and availability zones. There's so much there that I think is going to be transformative across the world economies, but also just around what we can build as engineers and what the capabilities are going to be afforded to the masses. First of all, I completely agree that there is so much yet to come. And I think that's what keeps us all engaged and excited about the work that we do. Where I see it most is, you know, when, when we talk about transformation in media, we really often talk about the transformation of audience experiences, which gets back to that personalization that's you know, been mentioned a few times. And I think if you look at a journey of a media company uh, in terms of its digital and cloud maturity, the kind of ultimate point at which you arrive is when you're truly a data-driven organization where what content you create, how you engage your audiences, how you personalize their experiences, how you turn that into high engagement, retention, and monetization, everything is data-driven, and there'll be a lot more automation and learning that happens based on cloud. And if we really think about it, but for cloud, these capabilities would not be accessible to us. So I think, I think we're just on the cusp of that. And I think the next several years are going to reveal a lot. We've talked a lot about data. And if we say that data is our number one priority, what's Major League Baseball's number two technology priority? Number two priority, growing the game. 
This is, over the last 100 years, this sport has been in the top three sports for the country. And we are looking to see baseball grow internationally. We're looking to see the presence of baseball throughout our country have a larger growth rate and engagement. And being able to engage with the youth is really important as we continue to see this sport evolve and connecting technology to the game to enable us to, to get that engagement to happen. And I mean, this relates to media, this re relates to the experience at the parks, and it also relates to how the game is played from the perspective of how long the game takes to stay engaged. So we're looking at ways to maintain a faster paced game that's more engaging, that attracts people to, to tune into it. So Truman, early on, Chris referenced the quote that cloud is not a place, it is a way of thinking. That obviously you know, relates directly to your purview in terms of the leader of technology infrastructure. But to me, it seems that that needs to be a mindset that is embraced by the entire organization end to end. Where is Major League Baseball at in terms of embracing kind of that cloud first mindset? What work do you have to do? And you know, how does this focus your hiring and growth plans? So we're on a journey. I mean, this is definitely something which large organizations are planting the seed and they're all taking the step to move towards cloud. And that is changing the culture. I think it's going to take some time to see all of the benefits, but some of the benefits that I could speak to right now have been around the types of talent that we're making a part of our organization. That talent has integrated a business and technology are now one. There's a very clear perspective that technologists are unlocking new things for the business. To build upon that, what we're also leveraging is transparency of data. Because we have so much data and because we have tools that allow us to make it available to everyone in the organization, it's very clear where spend is happening and that creates accountability. And with that transparency, it's allowed us to find out, are we spending our resources in the right place? Are we building applications that are directly producing a return on investment? And should we shift and move quicker so our pivoting can actually happen much quicker to address whatever the next challenge is going to be for us? So I think it starts with APIs talking to APIs, and then it has an impact upon the types of people that you have in your organization. Eventually, everyone can speak SQL. Everyone can speak you know, with the technologies to unlock and showcase complex queries that enable you to have a more responsive business. Truman, just on the business side of the house in MLB, is that happening as well in terms of the language that the technologists and the, you know, the business people speak together you know, in the executive meetings? Are people becoming more savvy to digital transformation and what cloud enables? They are through the way of being data-driven. So having reports that allow you to clearly find complex issues and then understanding how to address those issues is now feasible because we have the technologies to enable us to do that. Examples would be around customer engagement. What are the metrics around the types of fans that we're working with? Are there areas where we have opportunities for further growth? Are there challenges in certain regions? That information is available to us because we have complex data lakes that allow us to show that information internally. You know, we're talking a lot about how businesses have access to these tools, but the fans have the exact same access now 
to the same tools and data. Is that correct? Yeah, Chris, that's a great question. Our fans have access to all of our data. They have access to all of the historical content. They can work with Film Room to take content that which has been historically archived and find ways to share it with their friends. They also have access to StatCast. And so we have all the statistics of baseball going back to infinity, and they're able to take a look at all the stats on all players over time. So that's available to uh, folks that are in the park, if they're on their living room, you know, just hanging out, they're able to see everything that we've put up there on the web. And then we also have our streaming products. So MLB.TV and our MILB.TV content is live streaming of baseball all the time. So as we were just talking about the relationship between the business and the technology and, and how those two organizations have to come together to be able to develop everything that you're doing, I'm curious from your perspective and Major League Baseball what represents business value to you? Business value is preserving the integrity of the game and growing the sport. It's really important that we continue to invest in this sport, which is connected to America and to have it available to everyone. Earlier, you also mentioned the youth, and I can't help but bring this to attention. Clearly, youth today have shorter attention spans are constantly on their devices. This has to be something that you're constantly thinking about as you're developing consumer experiences when you're targeting the youth of our generation. Yeah, so the second screen experience is just a start. I think it may even move into the third screen experience. Everyone is wants to be fully engaged all the time. And so that's not just on social, but also just at the venues, being able to have connectivity to take a look at statistics, to see instant replays, to see what's happening, uh, and to follow their players over time. So from pregame to postgame, that engagement is really important to us. So that plays one part of it. And the other one is just around what our engagement looks like when the game is ended. And so how do we continue to engage with the fans and continue to bring them out to venues and also to get them great streaming experiences? So if cloud is just at the beginning stages, what does the next five years of cloud look like to you? Well, that's a wonderful question. I think it's going to be primarily the growth is through scale. And how do we get to a place where the experience is richer Content is improving, the higher quality, higher bit rates, 4K video, and immersive experiences with virtual reality and augmented reality, I think are going to play a role in how we experience the game. And I think cloud is necessary in achieving that through just sheer scale and also reachability to rural America and to you know our entire country. So if we bring the sport to them, I think we're going to really need to leverage cloud to continue to build it out. So we were just talking about how cloud is going to evolve over the course of the next five years. How do you see baseball evolving over the next five years? Technology is going to play a major role in how we view the game and the accuracy on the statistics that are derived from baseball. So the spin rate of a baseball, the speed of a ball, the launch angle velocity of the ball, the accuracy down to a hundredth of an inch over the plate. This is going to be unlocked with technology and it's going to allow us to just understand more around player behavior. Uh, is there evolution in the pitching style from a couple of years before to today? Are we seeing trends? And as we take this data, we can actually analyze it, provide it as feedback back to player development, but also fans themselves are going to be curious. What does it look like to see just the evolution on pitching styles, batting styles? And you know, I think it's going to be really exciting for everyone. 
So when Neil was talking a little bit about the mindset of your organization, and I'm curious from a different perspective, just the overall culture, how does your operations impact the culture and your hiring and how you organize your teams? There's two things that jump out um, in response to that. Um, One is I want to give our team the best tools in the industry. Giving them the best tools in the industry allows them to build the best products build the best technologies and operate a highly resilient, highly scalable environment. It also gets infrastructure out of the way. And so it's really an empowerment. It's an empowerment directly in the team in that you can move quickly, but it has a trickle on effect in that all of the consumers of that technology and product can benefit with rapid time to market and clearer data. The second point that I would add to it is that our plan is to build a team and attract a team and hold together a team of top talent. And we do that by hiring the best people that we can, giving them the best tools and fully trusting them. Last question. I understand you have a passion for sailing. So I want to see if you can bring any of this together. What similarities are there between sailing, baseball, and the cloud? (laughs) That is a wonderful question. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say There are a lot of things that you can control and a lot of things that you cannot control. And in baseball, you have so many things that can go your way or cannot go your way. And sailing, you have wind or you have no wind. And there you go. I love it. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you, Anil, for joining. Yeah, Chris, thank you for hosting. It's it's been a lot of fun. You know, digital transformation is at the heart of what we're doing at Cloud. And of course, specifically in kind of our strategic industries like media and entertainment, There's a lot of excitement, a lot of momentum. Truman, thank you for being a great partner of ours. It's been fun talking with you today. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you also, Truman. Appreciate all of your insights. If you would like to learn more about Major League Baseball at cloud.google.com slash transform, we dive deeper into this transformation journey. And don't forget to hit subscribe and join us again for more visionary thinking and lessons learned on the next episode of The Transformation Debrief.